Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Ben Cohen. Ben, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? From Chicago, Illinois. I'm a loan officer with Guaranteed Rate. Been at Guaranteed Rate 11 years. Been in the business about 17 years. Awesome. And what got you into the real estate industry initially? Oh boy, that's a good one. I My degree is in computers. So I graduated college with a degree in computers. I was a technical architect for seven years, traveled the world, lived overseas, lived on an airplane my whole life. <laughs> Knew that I was really good at sales, but didn't want to be programming computers for the rest of my life. So my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife of 15 years, her father uh, knew somebody who owned a mortgage company. I decided to sit down and meet with him. And uh, yeah, here I am 17 years later, basically, is how I got into it. So total fluke. <laughs> total fluke. And yeah. background in computers. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So were you, were you doing coding? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Doing so coding. Like- then I transferred into... Uh, being a technical architect, which, you know, basically I made uh, Siebel's kind of a thing of the past. It's kind of the old Salesforce. So CRM integration is what I used to do, where we'd bring all the third-party services together and basically come to them and make all the different systems talk to one another. Got it. And now, you know, mortgage mortgage. 17 years. Yeah. Yeah, I am 17 years later with a lot more gray hairs, quite honestly, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So just to give our listeners some context, how many transactions did you do last year? What was your volume? I did uh, almost 1.1 billion in mortgage transactions last year. So about 3000 units. Got it. And for our listeners, what advice should they ignore trying to get from, if, if they're maybe at I don't know, 200 units, 300 units. And they're like, man, I want to get to that thousand units or I want to get to, you know, 2000 units, whatever their price point is. What advice should they be ignoring? And, you know, what, what are some levers they could be pulling to get to that next step? Work hard. You know, everybody always wants to know, how do we, how do I do what I do? You know, I wake up every morning, I go to work, I work probably harder than anybody else out there you know, because I have a big book of business and I have a lot of responsibility. And, you know, if you take today as a perfect example, I mean, the housing market is like nothing I've ever seen before. So at the end of the day, it's a very interesting market. You know, you have to not overpromise and underdeliver. You don't lie, cheat or steal from anybody. You follow up when you say you're going to follow up. You be politely persistent and, you know, you just, you deliver on your promises. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. And obviously I wouldn't be able to do anything I did without my staff, you know, support vital to my success. So that when I take on a customer, you know, I know that they're taken care of from A to Z. And, you know, I think what we've done really well here, we as in my group is, you know, I've figured out a way to manufacture a loan from A to Z with as little pain as possible and as efficient as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. And when it comes to distilling a down success, I know there's no magic bullet But, you know, this podcast is really about action items for success. In my experience, I've noticed that when I consistently focus on leading indicators, which are typically in the form of specific actions 
for example, phone calls or appointments, or if it's like a leading indicator that I can consistently measure and commit to for one year, three years, five years, at the end of that, I always experience a lot of success and results. And so that's the, you know, the point of this podcast is to distill down those critical actions from individuals like yourself who have achieved success in both the mortgage space and then the real estate broker space. So, yeah. you know, what's the single most important action that you take on a daily basis that attributes most to your success? I mean, my calendar. At the end of the day, I walk into my, my calendar is color coded. I'm pretty much very schedule regimented, which, you know, I also try to be a little bit mindful about because at the end of the day, you don't want ever, you want customers to think you're too busy. You don't want customers to think you're just the number in their queue. Uh, I'm pretty sensitive to that. So when I walk in every morning, I mean, my schedule is like musical chairs. So I'll basically have, you know, I'm scheduled every 15 minutes on the hour from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. for the most part. Um, and that doesn't even account for the calls coming in that I don't know are going to come in. You know, everybody wants everything yesterday in our world. So, you know, organization, again, staff, I have people who help me with my phones because I don't ever want to miss a phone call. So if I can't pick up a phone because I'm on the other line, I will make sure that that phone gets answered and the message gets taken and then they get followed up with accordingly. So it just kind of boils down to customer service. I mean, at the end of the day, in our world, the biggest differentiator you can have is just your service levels. You know, we've all got the same rates for the most part, right? So it's just, what are you going to do to differentiate yourself and separate yourself from everybody else? You know, right now, it's hard to get a lender on the phone. You know, lenders are so busy with refinances or purchases or problems or whatever the situation might be. Yeah, that makes sense. And customer service is super important once you have customers, but when it comes to lead generation, that's a big focus for a lot of up and coming brokers or loan officers. So, you know, what's your percentage of referral business to new business? I'm a hundred percent referral. Okay. Yeah, I so mean, you're for, doing no uh, lead generation. No. Got it. I am. Uh, that is just not my demographic of customer. You know, somebody going on the internet, that's just not my target audience. So I am 100% referral driven from either past clients, or referral sources, whether that be a real estate agent, a financial advisor, a CPA. I mean, you know, the great thing about the mortgage business is everybody's a potential referral source, no matter who you are. Yeah. That makes so, yeah, sense. I, do know, I do know buying leads. I just, that's just not my audience. You know, I, I don't want to deal with somebody who is reaching out to 17 lenders online. That's just, you know, that is a, not a good use of my time, quite honestly. Got it. And so when it comes to referrals, do you have some systems in place that help you to increase the amount of referrals that you receive? Sure. I mean, I have a whole business development team that helps track all my referral sources takes care of my referral sources, supports my referral sources. When I get a referral, we acknowledge the lead and we acknowledge the referral. So, you know, there's a whole machine behind the operation of just making sure that we're responsive. You know, the whole goal in our business is to be, you know, if somebody's going to refer three lenders, I want to be the number one person on that list. Because at the end of the day, in our world, if I'm the first customer to talk to a client then it becomes my deal to lose. If I'm the second or third lender to talk to a client, then it's an uphill battle, you know? So I always try to first to the punch, which is why I don't ever like to miss a phone call, which is why we're available 24 seven. There you go. Method to the madness. I love it. Method to the where, madness. Where do you think the industry is heading? What are, you know, five, 10 year projections? You know, technology is a huge feeder right now in our business. So sometimes I get concerned that technology is going to try to replace the loan officer. But at the end of the day, it's such, you know, and I think that will apply for a lot of loan officers out there. 
like there's such, you know, most people, at least my audience, they're not the type of people that want to go get a mortgage online and not talk to a physical human being. There's just too many moving parts. You know, it's too stressful of a transaction. And that's why I don't believe in buying leads online. Uh -uh. You know, if somebody doesn't want to make the time to talk to me on the phone, I'm just not, I'm not a good fit for them. I'm not a believer in communicating over email and selling a mortgage over email because things get taken out of context. There's a lot of miscommunication. And when you have miscommunication, you know, problems happen basically. So, but technology is a huge thing. I mean, here at Guaranteed Rate, we have a digital mortgage. So you call me for a mortgage. And if I'm at my kid's baseball game, as an example, and you want to fill out an application, I can send you my link. You can, you know, fill out the 15 questions. We can do an approval within, you know, 20 or 30 minutes because that file gets fed right to me. So that technology is a big thing. A lot of the, you know, AI stuff that's going in and the predictability models as far as when people are going to do things and whatnot. So listen, I don't know where it's going to be a year from now, let alone five years from now, but technology is definitely helping a lot, quite honestly. Yeah. And it seems like you're leveraging it to your advantage to set you up for success while still maintaining your interpersonal communication. Yeah, You know, I always look for that commonality with that customer, you know, Sometimes I talk to a customer for 30 seconds. Sometimes I talk to a customer for 45 minutes. You know, however much time they need, I give them. Right. That makes sense. What do you do for your clients that no one else in the industry does that you know of? I mean, I just service, 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 educate, 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 follow up, be responsive, be available. I think that's my biggest differentiator. I mean, I've been doing this for 17 years and I bring a wealth of knowledge to the table. You know, I end up playing therapist 50% of the time in my day job because, you know, somebody's giving you all their financial information. You get to know them pretty intimately, right? And then they rely on you to say, well, Ben, what should I do? Or how much should I spend? Or how much should I put down? So they really look for you to be kind of that trusted partner. And the more time you spend and the more knowledge you have when you can, you know, there's very few questions out there that I don't have an answer to. And when I don't have an answer, I tell somebody, you stumped me, which doesn't happen very often. And if I don't know the answer, I get the answer pretty quickly. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's just high service and the honesty of like, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to go get it. And then by doing that for 17 years, now you know the answer to 99% of things. Yeah, I mean, I I say that and then every day I'm like, wow, yeah, you know, I never knew that before. So you listen, you learn something new every day. Whether right. it's in the mortgage world or, I mean, you you know, I, I surprise myself every day on the things that I learn. Yeah, sure. I'm curious with a rigid schedule, scheduling out every 15 minutes, how do you evaluate what to say no to? You know, I try to not say no that often, quite honestly. I can read people like a fiddle. So, you know, at the end of the day, I know how what people's motive is. And I know if people are, you know, if people don't want to give me information, I don't give them the time. You're looking for a rate quote. Here it is, 3%. It means nothing, okay? I don't know anything about you. I don't know what you're trying to do. If you're just calling for a rate, go online and you know, good luck and call me when you're serious about it. But at the end of the day, I can pretty much read when somebody's you know, taking my time, making a good use of my time or not making. That's vital. Yeah, that's really important. And I think a lot of loan officers and real estate professionals overlook that. That goes into the prospecting and qualifying aspect of a sales process. Sure. And, you know, if you're not asking the right questions or able to emotionally read someone to know that they're wasting your time, 
you're going to waste your time with tire kickers all day. And you're going to yeah. get sucked into that and you're going to feel drained at the end of every day yeah. because you're putting so much energy into deals that aren't happening. Totally. You know, and listen, I tell people when they don't, you know, the upset customers always are the people that either you tell them something that they don't want to hear or they didn't know about something. I mean, it's the same movie script every time I talk to a customer, you know, when a, when a customer is upset in process, you know, listen, we're in the service business. So at the end of the day, the customer is always right, even when they're not. But that's just how I always attack things. So, you know, it's kind of I always use that, you know, feel felt found technique, right? I understand how you feel, but this is what I've felt. And this is what I found if you do X, Y, and Z. And you just got to be relatable to people at the end of the day. So, I mean, that's kind of how I try to operate things and just be open and transparent. You know, I'll tell somebody, look, be transparent with me. If you're talking to five people, I'm just not interested. I'm not the guy. You know, if you're going to look for somebody to be a bottom feeder, that's that's not me, you know, and it's not to be egotistical, but, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to give you all my time, all my resources, all my expertise for you to just take all that knowledge and call somebody else who's going to undercut me by a hundred dollars. Not interested. Right. Makes sense. And having that, not necessarily attitude, but that uh, outlook on everyday activities and conversations, I think is important. That's probably having that high standard of putting your resources in the right area has probably been a big determinant on getting to over a billion in you know annual transactions. Totally. So, Gotta be you know, a you can't, you can't get there if you're wasting time with people that no. are serious and aren't committed to you. I always tell everybody, um, I, the word inefficiency does not register in my vocabulary. You know, at the end of the day, I'm just a highly functioning, efficient person. And everybody always says, well, how do you do it? How do you do it? I mean, I'm quick and nimble on my feet and in my brain. So at the end of the day, you have to be able to shift gears and navigate from one task to the next. I go from problem solving to selling a mortgage to talking somebody off of a ledge, you know, you name it. It's just a constant, you know, shift of mindset of, you know, I go from one call to the next and I'm just able to kind of shift and navigate pretty quickly based on the situation that's at hand. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And when you have all this going on, do you ever feel overwhelmed or unfocused? Every day. (laughs) (laughs) So what questions or or what tactics are you using to get back on track? Uh, You know, I don't have an answer to that question. You know, one thing that obviously always concerns me is just how quick, how, how long can I continue to keep up at the pace I'm keeping up, right? So as I evolve in my career, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do right now is, you know, focus on working on the business and not in the business, so, you know, going out, trying to hire more people, help me do the day-to-day activities so I don't have to sit here and be a slave to the telephone every day of my life. I've got three little kids at home. I make a lot of sacrifices with, you know, giving up time with my kids and their baseball game because I'm stuck at the office or some of those things. But, you know, I'm young and we'll see. So it's a work in progress. You know, the managing this, it's a stressful business these days. You're managing a lot of emotions with everybody in the transaction, you know, attorneys, clients, sellers, uh, real estate agents, you know, it's just constant, you know, just keep in. I'm very calm. I'm very collected. I've got very thick skin. You know, I told people I wear body armor to work every day. I've been doing this so long. There's nothing really phases me. Somebody wants to yell and scream. You know, I don't believe that gets anybody anywhere, quite honestly. And it's changed the way I operate things when I'm on the other side of the coin and I'm the one being serviced. I'm the easiest customer in the entire world. You know, don't screw me over. Be honest, be transparent and take care of me. That's all I want. 
I'm not looking for you to work for free. So I believe you get what you pay for in life, quite honestly. And that's how I, when I'm a consumer and I'm looking for a service, again, I'm the easiest one because I get knives thrown at me all day, every day, quite honestly. That makes total sense. And I'm the same way. Yeah. Being on the service side so long, man, I'm a big tipper, super yeah. easy sale. Like when I want something and someone's trying tipper, to Tipper, you're probably me. a big tipper even when you get bad service. You know, yeah, I mean, it's somebody, like I'm sitting here saying I'm just like fueling the fire to these people's problems, but... At the end of the day, I know at the end of the day, I mean, I was a waiter in a restaurant for five, yep. six years of my life. I mean, yeah, me too. talk about a great job and understanding service, you know, yeah. that that's a thankful job right there. And that's a hard yep. job. Absolutely. I think there's a clear dichotomy between those who have worked in the restaurant industry and those who haven't. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> I just go give 20% as a standard. I mean, unless yeah. they like really blow it. <laughs> right. Right. Like right. It's just, yeah. But I see my other friends who have never worked in the industry and they're like, Oh, like I'm going to give them whatever, like 12% or, Oh, they yeah. only, well, we're at top golf the other night. The guy just, you know, brought waters for us. We didn't get food. And my buddy paid cause he lost at top golf. And, uh, he's like, he didn't serve us. Right. Like he didn't give us food or anything. I'm just not going to tip. And I was like, I'm going to let that go. That's on you, dude. But I would I easily, I would give them 20%. It's funny you say that. I feel like I tip for a glass of water when I go to the bar, you know, because yeah. they're getting me water. They're getting me a beer. It's the same service at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. So, no, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I'm an so over tipper. <laughs> yeah. I feel you on that. But I think that it also creates that abundance in your life. It's like, you know, you're not holding on to money too tight. You know, you're, you're being the person that you want to end up dealing with. You're putting that energy out into the world and comes back to you. So I'm a big believer in that. Do you have any big, you know, beliefs or behaviors, habits in the last like five years that have, you know, in drastically changed your life or improved it? I don't know. You know, I mean, listen, I get up, I go to work, I try to be a good father, I try to be a good husband, I try to be a good friend. I just try to be an honest salt of the earth guy. I try to take, you know, early on in my career, I would let everything frustrate me and rattle me and yell and scream at my staff. And I mean, that just gets you nowhere at the end of the day. So, you know, I just try to respect people at the end of the day, whether it's a customer or an employee or my kids or my wife or my family, whatever the situation might be. So I don't know if that's a good answer to the question, but. Yeah, it seems like it's just more a sense of calm or a, yeah. Like not being attached to you know, results or outcomes or situations. You know, having no, I don't, I, I don't, you know, everybody, oh, how much have you closed this month or how many, I have no idea. You know, I'm at a point in my career where I don't look at the chart every day to see how many loans we've locked or how much loans I've closed or who's leading in the company or who's leading in the country. It is what it is. I'm content with where I'm at. Right. It's hard though. You know, when you're at the top of your, in your field, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that, you know, within the industry, keeping your employees busy, keeping your employees making money, keeping your customers happy. You know, I can see there's a reason when you get to the top in the lending world or probably any sales organization like that, you know, it's a grind. There's a reason people don't stay at the top for years and years and years and years and years. I mean, you can only take so much abuse from people. So, <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. Well, is there a question that I should have asked you or anything you'd like to expand on that we've already talked about? No, I mean, I think you asked a lot of great questions, Jeff, from a success standpoint and an industry standpoint, you know, it's just tough. And again, I believe it comes down to those core factors, like have confidence in yourself, 
believe in yourself, know your craft, know your, know your industry, know your, you know, your guidelines at the end of the day, you just have to be an expert in whatever you do. I always tell everybody, listen, I am not the smartest person in the entire world, but I'm really good at selling mortgages. Don't be, you know, I tell everybody bad news doesn't get better with time. You know, and I think that's a big issue in our business. You know, I hear these customers call me that have been dragged through the mud. I mean, I dealt with it this morning and I've been dealing with this guy for the last couple of days. I'm like, look, I don't know what to tell you. You're not qualified to buy the house. I hate to be so blunt with you, but you're letting this lender kind of drag you through the mud. There's a reason you've missed your closing date by two weeks and it keeps getting extended. You're not qualified. You need to lower your price point. You need to fix your credit. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And I right. think a lot of people just have a fear of delivering bad news. And I believe bad news just doesn't get better with time. You know, I'll rip the bandaid off the minute I know, because I don't need that over my head. When I have a deal going sideways, I don't want to go to sleep with that on my mind because I'm worried about the customer. You know, you're, you're financing people's homes. I mean, it, we're desensitized to it in our world because we live and breathe it all day long, but people don't go out and buy a home every day. Right. So it's a big deal for them. I mean, it's the biggest financial decision that anybody makes for the most part. So that's pretty much the story. That's really insightful. And I, I think there's a lot of wisdom to unpack from this podcast. So I, you know, I encourage listeners to really take it in. I mean, you just dropped so many little things along the way that display your mindset and attitude towards service and efficiency, which speaks volumes. And, uh, you know, the, the fact of just ripping off the band-aid so it's not emotionally weighing on you. How am I going to present this? Oh, they're not going to qualify. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to think about it. Like all of that is wasted time and energy where yeah. instead you can just rip off the band-aid, have a quick call, move on to the next, right? Yeah. And no. I think that's and, been your biggest asset, and honestly. Be, yeah. And be honest with customers. It's okay to tell a customer no. But when you tell yeah. a customer no... Tell them what they need to do to put them in a cells in a position where they need to be successful. I've right. had hundreds of clients that haven't been able to buy a house. They listen to what I tell them they need to do. And then they call me back in 12 or 24 or 36 months and say, you know what? I'm finally in a position where I can do what I've always wanted to do. And thanks for taking the time to give me the roadmap to tell me what I need to do. You know, so many people just say, you know what, Jeff, you're just not qualified. I don't know what to tell you, man. You know, sorry, maybe call me back in a year. Well, you know, are you going to call that person back? Probably not, you know? So Probably I don't not. know. I believe in when you tell somebody no, you have to explain to them why they're getting a no and what they need to do to put themselves in a position. The life cycle typically is, you know, 30, 45, 60 days, but there's a lot of customers that take years to buy a home. Yeah, absolutely. So, and with that guidance, you know, they'll appreciate the insight and the honesty and then they'll have some action items to actually better their situation. So exactly, totally a better way. Hey, how can exactly. listeners contact you if they want to, I don't know, send you a referral or... Email at benatrate.com as in a mortgage rate. So ben at rate, R-A-T-E dot com is always the best way to get in touch with me. I've got an Instagram page, which is Ben Cohen Lens. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on every social media site out there, quite honestly. So yeah, if anybody ever has any questions or wants to contact me, email is always the best way. Again, it's ben at rate.com. Awesome. Ben Cohen, everyone. Really insightful podcast today. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me, bud. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, you got it. Thank you for listening. 
If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.